Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Nobody, nobody, nobody like the 
Once again, in his most precious name, the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has been extraordinarily good to us, and it is just right and fitting for the righteous to praise him. We give God all glory, all the honor, and all the praise for who he is and the many wonderful things that he has done to us through us and for us. God is good, and besides him, there is none other. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic. If you want to know the power of God, you must do what God says. Our obedience to the word of God releases a power from God like none other. Obedience releases God's power. Obedience in you releases God's power in your life. Obedience in your marriage releases God's power in your marriage. Release Obedience to in your family to the word of God releases God's power in the family. Obedience in your church releases God's power. Obedience releases the power of God. We looked at capital A. Now, this power will manifest itself in many different ways. Capital A as a shield. God's power sometimes manifests itself as a shield. It's not always what God is doing to us or even through us or for us. Sometimes it's what God is not allowing to be done to us, what God is not allowing to be done through us and what God is not allowing to be done for us. That, that's when God's power operates like a shield. You know, in the game, most sports, basketball, football, hockey, tennis, you know, there's an opponent you know, it's not all about what you can do to them, but it's also about uh, you being able to stop what they want to do to you. Well, in this walk with God, there is an offense and there is a defense. There's an offense, the things that God is calling for us to do to the forces of darkness, to the devil and his children and his angels. There's, there's that which God is calling for us to do to the kingdom of darkness, but then there's that which God is also calling for us to not allow the kingdom of darkness to do to us. There's an offense and there's a defense, even in our walk with God. Capital A as a shield, 1 Peter 1, 5, Psalms 18, 2. Capital B, we must know the scriptures. Now, this is very important for your maintenance, for your offense, for your defense, for, for your strategy. No, knowledge of the scripture is integral in your Christian walk, in this spiritual battle. We looked at Mark 12, 24, 2 Timothy 3 and 15. Capital C in our outline, understand that God's power is made perfect in weakness. No, no, don't be so much ashamed of your weaknesses as because this is where God's power can, can get in and build you up in that. So we want, to, we want to delight in our weaknesses. We want to expose these things. Let the light, let the truth of God get to our weaknesses. And the truth of God, the power of God, will heal us of our weaknesses. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, Romans 8 and 26. And it brought us down to capital D today. It's in you. It's always mindful. It's always good to keep in mind that the power of God is in you. You have placed your faith in Jesus Christ 
as God's only begotten son. God has empowered you. Stop thinking that you're a grasshopper like the Israelites did when they went into the promised land and saw that the, the, the people there were big and the cities were fortified and they thought of themselves as grasshoppers. Stop thinking that you, you, got, you got to think about yourself in accordance with what God says about you. If God says I'm a mighty warrior, then that's just what I am. Whether I believe that, whether people believe that, whether people see that, whether people call me that, you believe what God says about you, not people, not people. You mess around listening to people, man, they will have you with a one-way ticket to hell so fast, you'll wonder what hit you. They'll tell you you're doing just fine in the eyes of God when you're doing just terrible. People, you got to, you got to know what and who God says you are. You got to know what God says you can do, what God says you can have, where God says you can go. You got to know. You you got to know. Looked earlier today at Ephesians three and twenty, understanding that it's in you. And we want to look tonight at Philippians four and thirteen, one of the most popular scriptures in the New Testament. Very short but very powerful. Philippians 4 and 13 from the New International Version, I can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. I can do, I can do, you can do, you can do, we can do through Christ which strengthens us. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you and we bless you. We praise you and we magnify you for being who you are and doing what you do. Speak to us, through us, and for us, Father, this evening, that your name may be exalted, your people may be blessed, your kingdom may be strengthened, edified, and uplifted. Let all glory go back to you this evening, Father. Use us, your little children, your earthly vessels, to do your good, pleasing, and perfect will in the earth, that your name may be exalted, that your purpose for us may be manifested through us. We give you glory in advance, Father, trusting that you are going to do these things for us. In Jesus' most holy name we pray that God's people say amen. The Philippians. This letter was written by Paul while he was in prison. In prison. Do you see the irony of this, children of God? Paul was in prison telling people that they can do all things through Christ. Paul couldn't even get out of prison. And he telling people that they can do all things through Jesus Christ. I mean, a, a, a scoffer, scoffer might come in or, 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 or a critic might come in and say, well, why don't you get yourself out of prison then? Uh-uh, uh-uh. Because there, there, was deep, there was deeper spiritual meanings to what Paul was saying than his present situation. Paul was in prison around, in, in Rome around A.D. 60. Church in Philippi had uh, Paphroditus, sent Paphroditus to Paul with a gift. And while Epaphroditus was in Rome, he became sick. The Philippian Christians were worried about him. And when he became better, uh, Paul sent him back to Philippi with this letter. With this letter. And this letter, now now watch this now, because the, the irony here, children of God, is that Paul was going through a very, very difficult time in his life. But through and by the Spirit, he was able to encourage God's people who were also going through difficult times. You say, Apostle, what, is, what does that mean? That just because we're going through, that don't mean that the Spirit of God cannot still use us to be a blessing to the body of Christ. Even though Paul was in, in, in prison, his letter was still filled with joy. In other words, you wouldn't be able to tell the state that Paul was in physically based on the words that the Spirit of God gave him to share with the body of Christ. Just because you're going through, everybody don't need to know you're going through. Just because you're suffering, everybody don't need to know you're suffering. Just because you heard, and everybody don't need that. Paul was in prison. The Bible says, and I, I, the, the commentary says, even though Paul was writing from prison, this letter is full of joy. 
The words joy or rejoice are used 13 times. Paul gives his own testimony to the meaning of his present life when he writes, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. 13 times Paul talking about joy and rejoice from prison. No, Paul won't in there making gang signs and making shanks and trying to stab the stab fellow inmates. He said, Apostle, what's driving that? So you understand all this violence and all this craziness that's going on in our prisons? What one of the things that, that going into what's commonly called third world countries has taught me as, as African Americans, because I, I used to be under the, the belief, the mistaken belief, that because many of us have come from uh, impoverished areas or, or the hood projects, something, that this is somehow an excuse to be violent, an excuse to be disrespectful. No, no, no. It's just a, it's just all, most, most of that is just a, a poor parenting and poor lifestyle choices that many of our people have made. I've been in countries where people have been just as poor as, as, as any uh, uh, ghetto area in this country. Children still respectful? Yes, sir. No, sir. You can't hear a curse word come out of, out of children's mouths. Ask children to go do something. No rolling of eyes, no disrespect. So what I've come to understand is that violence is a choice. Just like prejudice is a choice. Disrespectfulness is a choice. And it's a choice. The problem with many of us, and I'm talking a little bit about African Americans, we're making a lot of wrong choices. Just who says because we 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 from an impoverished a neighborhood that doesn't have as much as the neighborhood down the street and across the track, that means we gotta act like fools, that we gotta act like monkeys, that we don't even know how to pull our pants up no more. That we got to shoot one another. Who, where, where, where you get that from? Where we get from that? Because you go to prison, you you got better kill somebody. You got to make your money. Paul was in prison writing letters to the body of Christ. Paul was in prison, still preaching, still building up the church. Where do we get this nonsense from? That because we are poor, or because we are going through, we got to be violent. We got to be disrespectful. We got to be uh, ignorant. We, where do we get this stuff from? Bunch of nonsense. Trickery of the devil. It's trickery of the devil. And a lot of us, my African-American black brothers and sisters, many of us have bit it, hook, line, and sinker. Where you women get, black, black women, where you get from that you had to be a mother and a father to your children? Where is that in Scripture? You ain't got to be nothing but a mother. God got some fathers for them. Brothers, where you get it from that you got to, you got to, uh, uh, make babies all over everywhere, and that proves that, that you're a man, and don't take care of none of them. Where you get that from? Like God asked Adam, after Adam had run and hid from God and tried to hide from God amongst the trees of the garden, and God started questioning him. Adam talking about, you know, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I'm naked. God said, who told you that you were naked? Where did you go? In other words, God was like, come on, let's slow this thing down. And because God said, I know where you got it from. You didn't get it from me. Where did you get that nonsense from? God is asking the same question to many of us as African-Americans right today. Where do we get this from that when the word is being preached and taught, we got to be hollering and screaming uh, and so, so to the place where you can't even hardly hear what's being preached and taught anymore? Where do we get this stuff from? Where? Do, where? where? God, just, God just asked the question. Where? 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 Where is that? The Bible talks about in our worship services, two or three prophets should... Speak, and the others should what? Weigh carefully what is being seen. You don't even see the Spirit of God instructing anybody to holler Amen. Now I'm not saying that you don't you don't holler Amen or that you don't, but but you ain't gonna, you don't you don't see that uh, in the Scripture commanded. The uh, two or go check it out. You get a chance. First Corinthians up around chapter fourteen that two or three prophets should speak, and the others 
should wait carefully what is being said. So you either prophesying or you listening real, real careful. Where we get this stuff from? Where we get this? God is asking the God. I'm, telling, I'm trying to tell some of y'all. I'm trying to tell some of y'all. Where did you get that from? Where did you get that from that your natural family is more important than your spiritual family? Where did you get that from? Where? Where? God be just a whole lot of stuff. God be like, where? 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 And Paul said, look, I, I don't have to, listen, I can be in prison, but prison don't have to be in me. I, Paul said, look, where I am physically, I may not choose, but where I am spiritually, I make the choice. Oh, I wish somebody would write that down there. I'm saying uh, where you and I are physically, we don't always have that choice. You know, they might come in here and kick down the doors of the Christian son and point guns and throw us in the back of a truck somewhere and take us somewhere. Well, see, we might not have choice of where we are physically. But where we are spiritually, we have the choice. And that is what God is going to be judging us on. Jesus was hung on a cross, but he was still free. Free from sin, free from fear, free from doubt. We choose where we are spiritually. Come on, let's get ready to close this. Well, look at it. Look at how the Holy Ghost is keeping us on topic. It's in you. It's in you. The kingdom is in you. Courage or fear. You made that choice. Righteousness or wickedness. You made that choice. God is like, I'm, I'm dealing with you on the choices you made. Study. Or not to study. God said you made that choice. Give liberally or give abundantly or give sparingly or give scarce. God said you made that choice. Don't go, 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 uh. You made that choice. Be mindful of the choices. There's some things that we don't have any choice over. You know, you know, there's some things we don't have any choice over. God is not holding us accountable for that. God is not holding me accountable for being a black man in America. But God is holding me accountable for what I do as a black man in America. God is holding me accountable for how I speak as a black man in America. How I carry myself as a black man in America. Ah, God said, I'm not Robert. I'm not holding against you that you're black. There was a time in this country where if you was black, you had to get back. God said, I'm not, I'm not holding that against you. There may be some people that do. But God says, I'm not holding that against you. That was beyond your control. You, 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 you can't control who your children were, who your parents were. You can't, there's certain things we, we can't control. You can't control the natural family that you were born into. You can't control how. How, now, now you've got scientists and different ones that's trying and doing all kind of funky experiments trying to control. But how, how tall you are, you know, color of your eyes, the texture of your hair, you can't, you can't control. Get to the place where, look, I'm all right with the way God made me. Now, that's, that's especially a word for many of us as African-Americans in, in a white dominated culture and society. Where we are constantly bombarded and flooded with imagery, images of uh, what our white brothers and sisters con consider beautiful. That's why many of our women running around straightening their hair and wearing all kind of wigs and different type things. Because what has happened to many of us as a people is we are ashamed of how God made us. We're ashamed. So we're trying to, to look like and trying to be like the dominant culture. Listen, children of God, you ain't got to be like nobody but what God made you to be like. Find out how God wants you 
and have the courage enough to be that, whether the folk like it or not. Yes, I said, well, you know, why, why do we do the things that we do? Because there's a reason for everything that we do. And we got to understand that we are constantly being bombarded by messages, constantly being bombarded by, by, by opinions, constantly being bombarded. And if we are not very, very careful, the voice of God will be drowned out. And what we'll be listening to is the nonsense of the world. This is why God has told us to come out from among them and be ye separate. See, and what you're going to find out is that the more you come out of the world and, and be, ye more, be ye separate, spend more time listening to God and communing with God, the stranger you're going to become to the world. I know why some of you out there under the sound of, sound of my voice, you, you don't particularly like this broadcast. You don't particularly like this ministry. You don't particularly like because it's not worldly enough for you. It's not worldly enough. God is in the process, though we live in the world, we are not of the world. God does not want the influence of the world. Think about, your, think about yourself as a parent. Think about yourself as a parent. You know that there are some children, let's say, at, at going to school with your children that are less than desirable. They into smoking marijuana. They into fighting. They into uh, drinking, stealing. Different. Do you want your children around them? Come on now, let's talk. We family. Let's go do this in the natural, because maybe we can understand some things when we look at it in that. Would you want your children around that group, that crew? No, no of course we would. We'll be trying to do all we can as a parent to keep our children away from that group that we consider a bad influence. Understand that God sees the world as a bad influence. In case you're wondering, just like you as a parent, you look at them kids, them boys over there, they got their pants pulled down, they got their hair rolled up, they smoking marijuana, they shooting dice, they cussing, they like, you don't want your children hanging around with them. God don't want his children hanging around with the world. Some of y'all running right in the pack just as hard and fast as you can. To be honest with you, children of God, you know, I don't even, when I'm, when I'm in this country, I don't even go out much. You know, could be considered by some as a, like a hermit-like kind of character. You know, I, I think I could have done well in, in, as a Levite. Levites basically, they didn't do nothing. They were just in the temple, in the temple, in the temple, singing to the Lord, preaching, ministering to the Lord. They didn't hardly go nowhere, hardly do nothing. The Levites were, were to such a magnitude of just kind of in the temple, in the temple, in the temple, that when all the other tribes of Israel went into the promised land and got an allotment of land, Levites didn't even get none. They didn't get nothing. God, that's where God gave the, the instruction that they were to live off the tithe or the tenth of all the other 11 tribes. They were to bring a tithe or a tenth, store it in the storehouse so that the Levites, who have no allotment or inheritance, of their own. These individuals, all they did, all they was, basically all they was into was ministry. They was just, they was just into ministry. Y'all was doing farming and blacksmiths and making saddles for donkeys and whatever else y'all did. Levites was just like right there. Right there. They didn't even get no allotment of land. They, they, the, what God turned over to them was a tenth from all the other rest of the other tribe. Not money. What their flocks produce, what their herds produce, and what their fields produce. Apostle, you saying we shouldn't give to the Christian center a tithe of our money? No, my brother, I ain't said that. I'm saying you give as the Lord leads you. Because that's what the word says, 1 Corinthians 16.1, in regards to money. Come on, saints. Come on, come on. Philippians. We're going to look at two scriptures. Looks like three. 11, 13. 11, 12, and 13. Watch this. Paul said, look, 
he was happy. Paul was happy because the Philippians had kind of, you know, weren't showing their concern for him quite like he wanted. But they had renewed their concern. You say, Apostle, what, what, what? it's a beautiful thing when those who have not been concerned about you come back to being concerned about you. Those who didn't care nothing about you come back again. That's, in essence, what happened with the prodigal son. He had lost his concern for the father and for what the father was doing. He went out there. He wanted to try. He was going to try to prove the father wrong. That's what he really going to do. And got got his got his got his little uh, hind part beat down so that that he had to come back. But he came back with a with a renewed concern for the father. This is what this is what's happening with Paul. Philippians had kind of lost. Ah, Philippians like ah man, Paul ain't nobody. Thinking about Paul, sometimes it happens in church. Oh, man, ain't nobody thinking about pastor. Ain't nobody thinking about the bishop. Ain't nobody thinking about the apostle. Let me do my own thing. Then you mess around and, and grow up a little bit. And then you renew your concern. You renew your concern. Why? Because Paul knew he hadn't done nothing but try to help the Philippians. He hadn't tried to do nothing but build them. He hadn't done nothing but try to take them higher and get them closer to God. And sometimes these are the ones that will hate you the most. Jesus said, I came unto my own, Robert. And my own receive me now. Sometimes, and you need to get this down in your notes. Sometimes the ones that's trying to, that's doing the most for you, are the ones that you hate them, that you hate the most. It's been the case throughout biblical scripture. David said it like this: He who has eaten at my table, in other words, somebody that I don't fed, I don't took care of, has lifted up his what heel against me. That means the joker that I've been taking care of and looking out for and trying to provide for and help. That's the main joker now. I don't care nothing about me. They don't want to try to come against me. Ain't this something? Ain't this something? Well, Paul said, look, I, what's this now? He was glad that they had renewed their concern, but they didn't really have an opportunity to show it. Now, Paul, so look, now, let me clear you up now before you start thinking that I'm, I'm at your stuff. Look at verse 11. Paul said, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstance. And I'm hearing Paul in the spirit. You, apostle, you better learn that dealing with folk. Dealing with folk. <laughs> Paul said, I don't learn the secret. Paul said, because what I don't come to understand is that y'all is fickle. Most of y'all is real, real fickle. So Paul said, I had to learn a long time ago to be content with whatever God blessed me with. Paul said, I know people. I know how people are. One minute they're concerned about you. Another minute they don't care about you. One minute they like you. Another minute they don't like you. One minute they act like they love you. Next minute they act like they hate you. Paul said, I don't learn. I don't learn. Paul said, I don't learn. I don't learn dealing with y'all, dealing with folk. Secret of being content, whatever the circumstance. So if you're fickle this week, Paul said, I'm all right. If you're showing concern for me this week, Paul said, I'm all right. If you didn't decided to bless the ministry greatly, Paul said, I'm all right. If you done decided that you're going to be Selfish, Paul said, I'm all right. I don't, Paul said, I don't learn it. I, Paul said, I don't, I know y'all. I know y'all. I've learned. Be content. What you better learn, child of God, is how not to, to pin your happiness on anybody else. To pin your joy on anybody else other than God. You, you better learn that. Paul said, I don't learn it. Now, I don't know about y'all. I don't learn it. Paul said, I have, I have learned. Paul said, I can't speak for y'all now. I can't speak for y'all out there. Some of y'all out there right there on the sound of my voice, you've been crying today behind something somebody done said or somebody done done to you or a report that you done got where somebody that you thought was your friend has said something. That I, 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 learn the secret of being content, whatever the state. Our, listen, children of God, our normal state of affairs should be one of contentment. Our normal not to say that stuff don't don't nothing bother us. Come on, in this thing called life, there's gonna be some things that's gonna that's gonna rock you. Every now and then God gonna let some things come in, some things happen. So the Job, 
prime example. Job was, you know, for the most part, pretty content. You know, man, God allows some things to come in and rock him. So it's not that it's not going to be something, but our normal state of affairs needs to be one of contentment, needs to be one of joy, needs to be one of we, needs to be one of praise, needs to be our normal state, our normal state now. Paul says, I've learned there's a secret to that. See, some folk normal state is stirred up. Some folks normal state is worried. Some folks normal state is tormented. Some folks normal state, they just want, they just about that, about an inch and a half from riding off a cliff. That's just some folks normal state. Paul said, my normal state is content. And inside of contentment, in, wrapped up inside being content is I'm seeing, I'm seeing, you know, I watched a movie today, early today, and they had like this, this ball that was supposed to be like, I don't know if it was the cradle of life or whatever, but inside that ball, it was a ball and it was a whole lot of things kind of moving around. It was a glowing ball and inside that thing was a whole lot of things moving around. What I'm seeing in the spirit now is contentment as that ball. Hmm? And inside that ball, of contentment. There's a whole lot of things kind of roll, rolling around. And one of the things that's rolling around inside of that ball of contentment is thankfulness. Inside of that ball of contentment is, is, is appreciation. Inside that ball of a contentment is praise. Inside that ball of contentment, there's a lot of things inside that ball of, of contentment. That's why it has to be learned. Because contentment has a lot of moving what? Parts. Being content. Man, there's some people, there's people out there that pay all kind of money to try to be content. Jokers out there don't work real, real hard, don't work 9,500 hours a, 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 a week, finally got to be themselves, got to this place where they multi-billionaires or millionaires and jokers just as, just as miserable as can be. I won't give no names. If I call the name, most of y'all are known, especially African-Americans. Making all kind of money, traveling all over the country, doing all kind of concerts, and had a pure mental breakdown. Wise man told me a long time ago, <laughs> I don't even want to say this here, but wise man told me a long time ago, he said, son, he said, the Lord don't make you crazy. That was a, that was a, the Lord don't do that. The Lord will give us a peace that transcends all understanding. He will guard our hearts and minds. God. We're talking about the power of God. We're talking about doing the word now. Doing the word. And all this is in you. So, so understand, child of God, that if you are under the sound of my voice and you are not content, because God said, Robert, there's a whole lot of them out there that's not. You're not content in yourself. You're not content in your marriage. You're not content in your family. You're not content in your church. You're not content on your job. You, your normal state, God said, there's a, God said, Robert, there's a lot of them listening to you. Don't, don't let the, 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 there's a lot of, the, your normal state is malcontentment. Now, and God said, Robert, a lot of them is, is my children. And God said, this is why you got to tell them this word for me. Understand that even though you may be operating, from a state of malcontentment. Contentment is inside of you. It's inside of you because the spirit of God is inside of you. You just got to bring it what? Out. You just got to let it manifest. Some of you all out there understand my voice. You're scared. You're, 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 you're cowardly. I got to tell them that courage is inside of you. Some of you all out there understand my voice. You think you're ugly. You think you're unattractive. Let them know that you that you that you, God has made you beautiful. Made everything beautiful in its own time. And since it's your time, you are beautiful. Whole lot of whole lot of stuff that that we done that we crazy stuff that God says shouldn't even be inside of my people. But they don't let them in. Let it in. Well, see, guess what? All that nonsense that you let inside of you, God hasn't let it inside the Holy Spirit. And that is who God wants us to walk in and listen to and believe and, and trust and have faith. Not that mess that we don't let in from the world. Not that mess that we don't let in. You got your house and during a winter day, 
very cold, cold one today. You got the heaters running, and it's all warm and toasty inside. And you coming in from outside, you just went to get some groceries, or you went out and come inside through the door. What's the first thing you be hollering on the inside? Close the door. God is talking to somebody under the sound of my voice. Time for you to close the door. You don't let. Why? Because when we got it all just right on the inside. We don't want that stuff coming in from the outside. What the Holy Spirit is saying is, look, I got everything just right on the inside. Close the door so that that nonsense on the outside don't get it in. God had said like this in one occasion, come out from among the world and be separate. Mess around and listen to the world and you will go crazy. Be all twisted up and find yourself married to a member of the same sex. Y'all trying to adopt a kid. You don't mess around listening to the world. Let the world take you. They will twist you all the way up. Come on, Saints. Let's close this message. Paul said, I the secret of being content. Whatever the circumstances. Because circumstances change. Paul said, look, circumstances change. My contentment don't have to. This is this is part of the reason you, some of you that have been keeping up with the broadcast. You've heard me talk about my little uh, rat-infested room down in, in, in Lagos, Nigeria. Love, love going down there. Love going down there. Spending some time like that right there. You know, say, Apostle, why in the world would you love spending some time? Because what, I have, what God has shown me through that experience is that it's not so much where I'm at that brings me contentment, but it's who is in me that brings me contentment. I'd be in there, I'd be in there sometime, 100 plus degrees, sweating like a pig, or just looked at a little, little rat run up my curtain and be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm all right. In the heart of the ghetto, even Nigerians be like, Apostle, that's the ghetto. And I'll be like, ah, I'm all right. Got to put that contentment through the test. Contentment is like faith. It's another thing to be content when everything is not like you want it to be. That's, that's what, that has to be tested in us. I know, what it, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. Paul said, I'm not just talking about these things as abstract terms. Paul said, I have lived through the, I've experienced this. See, there's something that when I watch this now, what we say, what we say the topic of our message was, because we can make it close now. If you want to know the power of God, you must do what God says. There's something to be learned through experience of God's word. There's something to be learned. We talk about a whole lot of things that God has said, but there's something to be learned about that experience. No matter how vividly somebody describes a thing, the experience of it is greater. Now, yeah, I just mentioned to you sometime I've been in my little room, 100 plus degree temperature, no electricity, it's pitch black. You know, you hear the little little rat, little mice running around on the floor, like oh, you know, different things. And and now, sometime I get up in the night, I got a little refrigerator, and I thank God. I think God be working miracles sometime with that refrigerator because electricity be out. Sometime I go in that refrigerator and water still be cold. I don't know how. I don't know how it be. But sometimes you be I'd be sweating and I'll be in my in that little room. Now if somebody was to come in and to describe how refreshing a drink of cold water is. Oh, apostle, a drink of cold water. Uh, picture the ice crystals down and they're drinking the water and it's go- no matter how vividly they describe it, me going to that refrigerator and finding because sometimes my refrigerator will freeze. I put little bags of water in there. They call them sachets of water. You can buy them, and I'll pack them in there. Sometimes in my freezer, they'll freeze them. And even though the electricity may go out, those frozen blocks will stay in there for hours and hours. And I'll go in there, grab one, and bite the tip off. Sweating everywhere in complete black darkness. Hear the rats outside sounding like cats. <laughs> Fighting outside. And bite, a, bite the tip off one of those water sachets. And start drinking the water. And it be so good. Be like, Lord, thank you for this right here. 
Now, the explanation might be very, very colorful, or the description might be very, very colorful, but the experience, the reality of it is even greater. So it is when it comes down to the power of God. The description of, and that's what we see a lot of times in Bible, the Bible, the description of the exploits of men and women of God who have operated under the power of God and done different things. It's beautiful stuff, the description, but the reality of it, the manifestation of it is even greater. God wants you and I to manifest. Even disciples had to being disciples to being apostles. Learn, 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 learn. Why? So that you can go and manifest what you have learned. I doubt very seriously as a basketball coach I would have been able to get a, a team together if there was no games. If I told the guys at the beginning of the season, look, all we're going to do is practice, practice, practice. And the old boys be like, coach, we ain't going to never play no games. No, we ain't going to never play no games. No. We, we just going to practice. Coach, I, I can't play on no team like that. Because the purpose of practice, one of the main purposes of practice is that we can go and manifest it in the game. See? Same thing with studying the word of God. We are stu- I heard it used to be said a long time ago. You enter to worship. You depart to serve. We take out of what we have learned in the church, in the, in the, in the, in the word of God. In our, we take that and we, we do that when we go out, when we go out on our jobs, in our marriages, in our family, in our businesses, in our communities, in other nations, in other countries. Where you know, I almost see my time. And a prophet actually said this to me years ago. He said, man of God, God's going to send you all over the world. He said, Kemp's going to be headquarters for you. And I'm seeing that. This is like, it's kind of like, feel like practice, filling up on the word to get out and manifest. Come on, saints. Paul says, I learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Now, here's the kicker. We're going to close right here. I can do all this or all things through Christ. What is God trying to get us to understand? That it is not the state that you are in that dictates how you pass through it. It's not the, it's not the situation that should be dictating. Listen, you... you one of the reasons why snakes can't just be out all times of the year, especially in the winter, is because they cold-blooded. Whatever the temperature is, that's what, time, that's what their blood gets. If it get too hot, they burn up. If it get too cold, they're, they're free. We as human beings have what is the God has fixed us up with something called homeostasis. Homeostasis is the ability that God has given us as human beings to maintain a stable internal, uh, internal environment. Stable. Stable. For the most part, I don't care how cold it is, unless it just gets ridiculous cold or ridiculous hot. Our internal temperature is about 98.4. That's called homeostasis. Well, understand that if there's a homeostasis in the physical, come on, somebody. There's a homeostasis in the spiritual. The homeostasis in the physical keeps your internal body at about the same temperature. Homeostasis in the spiritual keep you at a state of contentment keep you at a state of no panic, no, not a whole lot of panic, not a whole lot of variation, keep you all right. Because we know that all things work together for our good. Death of a loved one, loss of a job, sins exposed, whatever it is, you just love God and be called according to his purpose. And God is going to work it all out and all together for our good. Not always going to feel good, not always going to look good, but God's going to take it. God's going to work it together. You can do all things. You can be content and be in want. You can be content and have a plenty. Some folk find it just as hard to be content when they have plenty as other folk find it hard to be content when they got a little. Yeah, some folk find it hard to be content when they got plenty. Got to spend up all the money. Got to smoke up all the drugs. Got to drink up all the liquor. Got to, got to, got some folk can't even handle being blessed. You mess around and give some folk a million dollars, they'll be dead in a year. You mess around, and some folk, God keep from giving them a whole lot of money so they'll stay alive a little bit longer. Some folk, you give them a million dollars, they'll be dead in a year. Being blessed 
and knowing how to handle your blessing are two different things. Two totally different things. So what God will do is he will, he will oftentimes with us take as much time as he deems necessary to prepare us for our blessing. So that when we get our blessing, we don't kill ourselves. Teach you how to be content, whether you got plenty or whether you got much. And then God said, all right, all right. Now that, now that you don't learn how to be content, whether you don't have much or whether you got plenty, God said, now a lot of times I can give you much. Because you done shown you're going to be, you're going to maintain your homeo, your spiritual what? Homeostasis. Whether you got little or whether you got much. It's in you, child of God. The ability, the ability to, to, to be content, the ability to, to have joy, the ability to have peace, the ability to, to overcome your environment, to overcome your circumstances, all that's in you. God just want us to manifest. The Lord bless you, children of God. Heaven keep smiling on each of you. Since you can reach us through email at the Church at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.church.com backslash member backslash t backslash tcc. Feel free to join us on Talk Shoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 90 to 6 p.m. daily. On Talk Shoe, call 724-444-7444. And try D17959. A spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christensen Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website on the homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.